0: Hello, (laughs) Uh, my name is uh, Arnold Janssen-Lobdehaar, I'm Dutch, hence the accent. Um, Did you know that um, uh, Dutch is the 37th language in the world, just before Uzbek? So it's quite uh, quite a big big language. Um, Today I'm going to, to give you a reading, and it's called I'm the Refrain of Other People's Lives. That happens to be the title of my second poetry collection. I write one poetry collection every decade. Um, my name is Arne Jan I'm a published Dutch poet and novelist, and my sister and I run Holland Park Press. Holland Park Press uh, is an independent, privately owned, um, uh, in monterey based publishing house it was founded in 2009 in London, um, so the title refers to my poetry collection, but it is also an appropriate title um, um, because um, I will take you on a tour of highlights in a thousand years of Dutch poetry based on poets featured in 100 Dutch language poems, and that's this anthology. And Now I'm going to change my glasses because I need my reading glasses. Again, you're a bit blurred now, sorry for that. Holland Park Press mainly publishes new works written in English. But Holland Park Press has also the, an Anglo-Dutch flavor, as its specialty is to publish contemporary Dutch writers in Dutch and English. The press specializes in fiction and poetry. I myself was once an army officer in the Dutch Grenadier Guards and the owner of a Red Beret, But I left the army 27 years ago to write full-time. Financially, it was not a good decision, but I'm happy with it anyway. Here is a poem, the first one, Girls of Sarajevo, from my poetry collection, Yugoslav Requiem, about my experiences serving with the UN during the war in Bosnia. The translation from the Dutch is by Paul Vincent. Girls of Sarajevo is topical. You could replace Sarajevo by any city in Ukraine, occupied or under siege by the Russians. Girls of Sarajevo. The city where children play their ebony war, their mothers cut wood too tired to die. In the rebuilt churches, the faltering faith in progress slumbers. In the ruined ice stadium, old applause hangs like cobwebs. But in the suburbs, the tanks still lie, lie like tortoises on their backs. And in the evening sky, there are dream stockades of nameless girls. Their high heels catch in the gaps in the pavements. Sometimes they take money in alarm and embrace the man passing by. With their dimmed bird's eyes, with the broken wings of their words, with a sudden glance that strikes home, with parasite hair flaming like straw, for their fewing fathers are dead. Listlessly they eat their bread of charity, a rose of barbed wire twists in a womb when the miselection jury asks, Are you a virgin? They say the prettiest girls have disappeared, into the night they go, careless and charming, with their ripe summer lips. But the dead bridegrooms send their face their hair. And now to a hundred Dutch language poems. From the medieval period to present day, an anthology of a thousand years of poetry in a hundred poems, Dutch and English, side by side. The editors and translators of this anthology, John Irons and Paul Vincent, won the Oxford-Weilenfeld Translation Prize with this book in 2016. So a thousand years and a hundred poems. All the classics are in it. I have selected seven to give you an overview. The themes are love, war, and poetry itself. Let's start with the very first written words in Dutch a poem probably scribbled in the 11th century by a Dutch-speaking scribe in England to try out his pen. It could be West Flemish, written by a monk in the Abbey of Rochester in Kent. It was discovered in 1932. Since then, even all the texts have been discovered, but this one still remains the most famous one. A small detail is that it is probably written from a female perspective by a male writer. And it is highly romantic. Especially considering that my sister and I, who run the press, will be homeless in four days. But that's another story. Here it is. Olaf in and the two bidden The Dutchman wouldn't understand it, I think. Uh, a modern Dutchman. Um, in, in modern Dutch it's 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 like this. Alle vogels zijn nesten begonnen, behalve ik en jij. Waarop wachten we nu? Quite a difference from back then. So, in the 11th century, uh, um, um, and uh, the, the translation is: All birds are a nesting, save me and thee. Why now do we tarry? The nice thing about this anthology is that the Dutch language has changed so much that even native Dutch readers can't read these older poems. Now that they have been translated into English, they can appreciate them again. So now I will read Egidius, written in the 14th century by an unknown writer. First in Dutch, and then in English. Actually, it is a song. The musical notation is preserved. It is the most anthologized poem in Dutch. best uh, like this. I won't sing anymore, but I will read it to you. waar best u bleven, Milant na naar die gezellimien, du koerst die dood, u liet niet leven. Dat was gezelschap goed en de fijn, het skeentien moest de gestorven zien, nu best u in hun troon vergeven, klaar dan de zonneen, alle vrucht is niet gegeven. Egidius waar best u weven, wie na die gezelemen, du koers die dood, du liet leven. Nu bid voor mij, ik moet nog sneven, en de wereld lieden pieen. Verbargen mijn steden die beneven, ik moet nog zingen een liedeking. Nog dan moet immer gestorven zien. Echidius waar best toe breden. Wie langt naar die, gezelle mien, du koest de dood, doe iets met leren. Echidius, where shall I find thee? Echidius, where shall I find thee? I long for thee, dear friend of mine, daalst suffered death. Thy to life consigns me. Sweet company we hadn't fine, yet one must die and the other pine, now at the throne mayst thou and shrines be there as a brighter sun to shine, with bliss that's unalloyed assigned thee. hideous, where shall I find thee? I long for thee, dear friend of mine, Thou suffer death, thou to life consigns me. Now pray for me, thy deaths behind thee. I too this harsh world must resign, keep my place by thee safe, I mind thee, I still must sing my songs each line, yet unto death all lives incline. Be hideous, where shall I find thee, I long for thee, dear friend of mine, thou suffered death, to life consigned me. Now, quite different poem, centuries later, a poem I chose because it says something about the Dutch their love-hate relationship with their country, their weather, and, their, uh, and themselves. It's uh, from PA de Genestad, it's called in English. <laughs> Land of filth and fog, of vile rain, chill and stinging, a sodden, fetid plot of vapors, dank and damp, a vast expanse of mire and blocked roads, clogged and clinging, brimful of gums and gout, of toothache and of tramp. O dreary, mushy swamp, o farmyard of galoshes, with marsh frogs, dredges, cobblers, mud gods, overrun, with every shape and size of duck that therein sloshes, receive this autumn dirge from your besotted sun. Too much your claggy climate makes my blood set slowly. Some hunger, joy, and peace are all withheld from me. Pull your galoshes on, ancestral ground, most holy. You, not at my request, once rested from the sea. It was written um, by the greatest poet from 1829 until 1861. But now another view of this same country. Hendrik Marsman, born 1899, died in 1940. Memory of Holland. Thinking of Holland, I see wide-flowing rivers, slowly traversing infinite plains, inconceivably rarefied poplars, like lofty plumes on the skyline and lanes. And submerged in the vastness of unbounded spaces, the farmhouses strewn through the land. tree clumps, villages, truncated towers, churches and elm trees, all wondrously planned. The sky hangs low, and slowly the sun, by mists of all colors, is stifled and great, and in all the regions the voice of the water, with the endless disasters, is feared and obey War plays an important role in Dutch poetry, especially the Second World War. So we'll now read Bombs by Paul Rodenko who lived from 1920 until 1976. Bombs. The city's quiet, the streets have widened, Kangaroos peer through the window openings. A woman passes. The echo hastily hastily picks up her steps. The city's still. The cat rolls stiffly off the windowsill. The light has shifted like a block. Noiselessly, three or four bombs fall on the square. And three or four houses slowly hoist their red flags. The end make me, make, makes me think a bit of Philip Larkin's "Whitsun and Weddings, which ends like this. And as the titan breaks, took hold, there swells a sense of falling like an arrow shower. sends out of sight, somewhere becoming rain. And Rodenko writes, Noiselessly three or four bombs fall on the square, And three or four houses slowly hoist their red flags. So it's the most, I th- think it's both it's the most excellent imagery imaginable. From a distance, no noise, beautiful. And now, for what I think is the best Dutch poem about poetry itself. Poets tend to write a lot of poems about poetry. This is a good one, I think. Poetry is an act. Poetry is an act of affirmation. I affirm I'm alive that I'm not alone. Poetry is a future, thinking of next week, of another country, of you when you're old. Poetry is my breath, moves my feet, hesitantly, at times, across the earth that needs it. Voltaire had smallpox but cured himself, for example, by drinking 120 liters of lemonade. That's poetry. Or take the surf, smashed to pieces on the rocks. It isn't really defeated, but regroups, and so becomes poetry. Every word that's written is an assault on old age. Death wins in the end, of course, but death is only the silence in the hall after the last word has sounded. Death is an emotion. Which poem will stand the test of time? if you have this anthology. You know, the older poems have become classics. They've proven that they are classics. But now, for the more modern poems, that's really a hard thing. This anthology is about 1,000 years in in 100 poems. All of the uh, earlier poems and all the poems in the anthology about 50 years ago are classics. But what is a modern classic? One of the most more recent poems, one of the more recent poems, with a good chance, is, I think, For the Beloved Stranger by Ingmar Heijs. Ingmar Heijs is still with us. He was born in 1970. For the Beloved Stranger. Which of us dreamed up the other? Paul Edewey. How glad I am I don't yet know your name. I thank the sun and thank the moon that everyone who comes and goes leaves the deepest traces but you that when my doors were open or shut you always passed them by. It's just as well that you don't know my face, kissling, kissing and cuddling in the street lamps light, wandering together through the rain, in love once more, losers once more, almost dying with the pain. None of that's yet needed once again. I'm not yet attached to you, to us, I'm not expecting you in any guise, take your time if you prefer, wait a month, a year, eternity, and one second more, but come, before I close my eyes. And then uh, the last poem I'm going to read for you from is not from the anthology, uh, perhaps i do one extra if I have time, but... Have a look. Um, The last poem is (laughs) I I wrote myself, Um, it's called The Submerged Lands, from my poetry collection, The Refrain of Other People's Lives. And it's about the Netherlands again. Love and hate again. Very Dutch. The translation is by uh, uh, John Arons, one of the two who translated the anthology as well. The Submerged Lands. If I had to imagine a land, I would first look for a stubborn misunderstanding, build low-lining lands out of sandbags, send a ship with cot liver oil, I would give the land scales against the rain, from the drift-root of history I would fish slaves, ships' spices, collaboration and a touch of resistance, the syllables in their language I would scrape into one guttural. In the south, I would let them speak more softly, so, shoots of the regime in the fields, I would give the men wooden hats and let the women walk as if kicking at long skirts. I would look for animals to ask, that fit the bellowing wind. I would send them soothing speakers, pacifying preachers, and demonstrations for assent with barrel organs I would grind their brines dry, brains dry their rivers I would let stream as a monotonous sym- symphony I would give them thoughts like tides let the wind sky from one direction of all isms I would give them chauvinism and perhaps give them a monarchy one night I would steal away like a peat moor fire inundate the land as homesickness with the grit of their dreams that sills up tidal inlets Now, in hindsight, and because of the rhythm, I think estuaries would be better than tidal inlets. But that's with translations. You can always improve them. Um, So then the end would become like this. Inundate the land as homesickness with the grit of their dreams that sails of estuaries. That's all Yeah, I can do one more thing. Because this man, we liked each other a lot, he died, what is it, two years ago now? It's, um, it's this this um, poetry collection, also published by Holland Park Press, by the most famous Dutch uh, poet, um, Jules Dill. He is, um, he's a household man in the Netherlands. He could make ads on TV. He was a poetry millionaire. Which is quite rare. Um, yeah, I can. You can do. I can do any any um, any poem because it's so um, diff different. He was different. Um, well, here's the here's a a poem of, of the first day of the Second World War in the Netherlands. And, and I'm getting into his. Um, Posture and how we did it. I can't, I can't, uh, um, but okay. 10th of May, 10th of May, Julia. It was a bright day when war broke out. Many followed the dogfights over the city from their rooftops. At first they thought that these were just maneuvers by their own air force, deemed by many at the time to be invincible through the legendary twin-lined Fokker-G.I. fighter until the first Master were was seen in action like Hawks, hunting for everything that they dared enter the skies. And even though war was raging, nothing could take that glorious weather away from us. (laughs) Yes, there is a poem about the Romans and how cruel they were <laughs> and about Hitler It hit lots of people who, who browse the, um, the collection start, with the, start obviously with the first poem and then, um, It's called The Ring, The Ring, The Tingle Lumen Tingle, Tingle Not a Nibelumen, but a Tingle, Tingle And then the first stanza is Goering had has a soft spot for rings. He wore two one on each finger, he wore rings on his toes, and one on his cock, which was an intimate gift from none other than the Führer himself, a ring with all Germanic runes, the ring that tingled him, which according to legend once had adorned Odin's stick, but as it often goes with legends, it seemed that in the fendi etc., etc. Et <laughs> if you want to read more, uh, common and browse uh, this one. I don't think I can sell this, but uh, we can talk about it. And um, the two, like, two of my poetry collections, uh, this is Schuldeelde, and the uh, 100 Dutch language poem, which is an international bestseller. best uh, bestselling book, actually. Thank you very much for listening to this, <laughs> this bit. i see you again. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thanks.